I don't want there to be any hard feelings between us, Harvey. When you and uh, Rachel, Rachel! Rachel were being abducted, I was sitting in Gordon's cage. Now, I, I didn't rig those charges. Your man, your plan. Do I really look like a guy with a plan? You know what I am? I'm a dog chasing cars. I wouldn't know what to do with one if I caught it. You know, I just do things. The mob has plans. The cops have plans. Gordon's got plans. You know, they're schemers. Schemers trying to control their little worlds. I'm not a schemer. I try to show the schemers how pathetic their attempts to control things really are. So, Parth, what have you been eating? Ah, Trent. Ah, I was eating some chicken nuggets. What about you? It's weird envisioning the Joker, like a really violent, deranged criminal, just talking so casually about chicken nuggets. If anything, I we think get hungry too, Trent. Yeah, um, I'm an agent of chaos, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I just had a banana smoothie um, because I like to play things pretty close to the chest. Guys, if you can't tell by this point, this episode is going to be uh, what's the word? Como se dice? Uh, madness. Uh, well, or- uh, madness, as you know, is like uh, gravity. You know, all it takes is a little. Do I look like a guy with a plan to you? You know what you do look like to me? Look like a canine. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't know what to do with one if I caught it. I just do things, Mm -hmm. you know? Well, speaking of things uh, you do, what did you eat? Quickly say that, and then we we have a behemoth of an episode to get through. I said it already. I had a smoothie. Oh, okay. Parth, you in front of the show Jackson Clark were over my apartment the other day, and we watched... Well, we watched the opening scene of Tenet, and that led to the opening scene of The Dark Knight Rises, and that led to the opening scene of The Dark Knight, which thus kind of just led to us watching The Dark Knight and watching you, listening to you guys quote almost every line from the entire film was like the peak of my college experience. So far. I'm glad to hear it. Why do they call this guy the Joker? He's got war paint. I know why they call him the Joker. So why do they call him the Joker? I heard he wears makeup. Makeup? Yeah, to scare people. You know, war paint. Yeah, well, I guess let's cue the intro. Guys, it's... Ah, 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 cue the... Cue the intro! You guys have no idea how many Joker clips are coming your way. It's gonna be gross, frankly. And here we go. trying to prove that deep down everyone's as ugly as you you're alone Barth, you want to see magic trick <laughs> i'm gonna make this pencil uh, disappear <laughs> welcome back to craft services where we talk about the movies each week we talk about a film and hopefully have a crew member of that film to talk with us about their experience working on the picture last week who did we talk with trent last week we interviewed a uh, steadicam operator bob gorlick who has worked on not only a bunch of cool movies, but is also a really nice man. And if you're listening to this, you would probably enjoy that episode also. Yeah, yeah, I would say go check that out. No, you're not. Well, mm. uh, 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 it, well, you know what they say. What, what doesn't kill you simply makes you stranger, you know? Parth, can I just say something before we get 
like too far into the show. Yeah. Um. No, like it's it's serious. <laughs> like it's really not okay. in regards to the dark. Knight. Yeah. No. Let's hear it. Part. Uh, we're not recording, right? No, definitely not. Okay. Um. This is what happens when an unstoppable force <laughs> means an immovable <laughs> object. Parth, you truly are incorruptible, aren't you? You won't kill me out of some misplaced sense of self-righteousness, and I won't kill you. I'm just too much fun. I think we're destined to do this forever. are destined to do this forever. And I think that applies on several levels. That's really the motto of this podcast. We're destined to do this forever, right? Who's the unstoppable force and who's the immovable object? I'd say you're more of an immovable object. And I'm more of an unstoppable force. Would you agree? Yes, and here we are. And I won't kill you because you're just too much fun. <laughs> I think you and I are destined to do this forever. You'll be in a better jail forever. Maybe we could share one. All right. We, um, we, enough, enough quotes. We have to actually run a podcast, don't we? Yeah, I, I guess so. Um, We're talking about you... the Dark Knight, mm-hmm. and the I think last 2008 time, Christopher Nolan's modern masterpiece. I, I think I did the. Did I do the ten word synopsis, or did you? You did. Okay. For oh. the Evil Dead. Ah, so I have to hand this over to you, don't I? Yeah. <sighs> okay. How about um, how about we both do one? Okay, I'll go first. Yeah. Batman. Faces the Joker, who invents Harvey Dent, like chaos reigns, you know? Uh, sure. Uh, oh, That damn. might have been 11 this, words, th- but, but I, tried to, I tried to put a creative spin on this it. Is, this is go. a difficult one to summarize. Um, escalation in Gotham. Batman tries... Batman deals... With consequences of his existence, Parth, you kind of remind me of um a a Burmese bandit. Is that a ruby the size of a tangerine? A it's with? a ruby the size of a tangerine. The criminals aren't complicated, Alfred. We just need to figure out what he's after. With respect, Master Wayne, perhaps this is a man you don't fully understand either. A long time ago, I was in Burma. My friends and I were working for the local government. They were trying to buy the loyalty of tribal leaders by bribing them with precious stones. But their caravans were being raided in a forest north of Rangoon by a bandit. So we went looking for the stones. But in six months, we never met anyone who traded with him. One day, I saw a child playing with a ruby the size of a tangerine. Bandit had been throwing them away. So why steal them? Well, because he thought it was good sport. Because some men aren't looking for anything logical, like money. They can't be bought, bullied, reasoned, or negotiated with. Some men just want to watch the world burn. Yeah, the Michael Caine impression. Michael Caine. Okay, so the synopsis, the real one, um, is when the menace known as the Joker wreaks havoc and chaos on the people of Gotham, Batman must accept one of the greatest psychological and physical tests of his ability to fight injustice. I feel like this movie's so dense, any synopsis is going to be kind of difficult 
any movie that's two and a half hours long, uh, not even take in into account the thickness of this one. It's gonna make it sound oversimplified, sure. and this most certainly is. Uh, this is the first Batman movie to not feature the word Batman in the title. That's true. That's exciting. Uh, uh, Trent, you want to give us what's the budget? budget box office? Sure. The budget is $185 million, and the box office was a whopping $1 billion, and it was the first superhero movie $1 to do such a thing. $1 billion. Yes. In the words of Dr. Evil, $1 billion. Um, oh, that's a quote already? Well... Well, Doctor, no, I guess I'm wrong because he says one million dollars first, and then when he learns that that adjusted isn't that much money, I think he says one hundred billion dollars. Oh, okay, fair enough. In a little while, you'll notice that the Kreplakistani warhead has gone missing. If you want it back, you're going to have to pay me one million dollars. <laughs> Sorry. One hundred billion dollars. Uh, but this is the first superhero film to ever break that uh, barrier. But now it kind of happens all the time. Thanks, Marvel. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, Parth, you want to do the production history? Sure. So before the release of Batman Begins, screenwriter David Goyer wrote a treatment for two sequels, which included Joker and Harvey Dent, with his original intent being that Joker would scar Dent during Joker's trial in the third film. And this would turn Dent into the supervillain Two Face. That's what goes down in the comic books, sure. According to the <clears> research, <throat> not the not the Joker, but Sal Maroni. Yeah. So after the release of Batman Begins, Christopher Nolan was unsure of whether he would return, but he did know that he wanted to reinterpret the Joker on screen. On July thirty first, two thousand six, Warner Brothers officially announced production on the sequel to Batman Begins, titled The Dark Knight. Nolan decided to avoid any sort of in-depth origin story for the Joker so as to not uh, diminish the threat that he poses in saying, quote, The Joker we meet in the Dark Knight is fully formed. To me, the Joker is an absolute. There are no shades of gray to him, maybe shades of purple. He's unbelievably dark. He bursts, he bursts in just as he did in the comics. According to Nolan, the... One second. According to Nolan, my penis is small. Hey. According to Nolan, an important theme of the sequel was escalation, extending the ending of Batman Begins, noting that things have to get worse before they get better. Saying, quote, As we look through the comics, there was this fascinating idea that Batman's presence in Gotham actually attracts criminals to Gotham. It attracts lunacy. When you're dealing with questionable notions like people taking the law into their own hands, you have to really ask, where does that lead? That's what makes the character so dark, because he expresses a vengeful desire. I mean, I heard someone argue in a much more academic podcast that Batman isn't killing. He has a weird policy against not killing, because he likes doing this, and if he killed the Joker, he wouldn't have anyone to fight anymore, you know? He knows he'll escape from uh, Arkham Asylum eventually. Sure. In August 2006, Charles Roven, one of the film's producers, stated that principal photography would begin in March 2007, but it was pushed back. To April. For its release in IMAX theaters, Christopher Nolan shot four major sequences in IMAX, including the opening bank robbery scene, a car chase midway through the film, and two other sequences. Wait, do you know what the two other sequences are? Well, it, oh, it probably well, Hong Kong. Well, uh, well, there was Hong Kong was there, and then it was also the fight in the um, Pruitt building oh, with the okay. SWAT team. 
Nolan had wanted to shoot a film in the IMAX format for about 15 years and wanted to use it for quiet scenes, which pictorially he thought would be interesting. The use of IMAX cameras provided many new challenges, given that they were much heavier and larger than standard cameras and produced noise that made recording dialogue very difficult. They shot the film in Chicago for 13 weeks because they had a good experience shooting Batman Begins there. Uh, They also shot in Pinewood Studios near London, which was the primary studio space for the production. While planning a stunt with the Batmobile in a special effects facility near Chersty, England, in September 2007, technician Conway Wycliffe was killed when his car crashed, and the film is dedicated to both Heath Ledger and Conway Wycliffe. Filming took place in Hong Kong from November 6th to November 11th, 2007, with cinematographer Wally Pfister saying that the Chinese government officials uh, were a nightmare because they wanted to limit helicopter activity over the city. Ultimately, Nolan had to create Batman's jump from a skyscraper digitally. Part, do you think this movie shot in China to like appease the <clears throat> censor? No, I, I like Nolan is a big fan of the James Bond movies, and he has always, if you look at his movies, he's always trying to find ways to make his movies go across the globe. So I think uh, moving. I mean, I, I can't rule out, but Nolan is usually pretty good about not letting economics affect his movie. So I assume that it was a, um, he just thought Shanghai looks pretty fucking, or sorry, not Shanghai. Hong Kong looks pretty fucking cool. Uh, it'd be cool to shoot there. In the fun fact section, we'll get to the fact that this was the first time Batman's ever operated outside of Gotham city. And it's <clears> funny <throat> because in dark Knight rises, he goes to like the middle East. No, well, he does. He ends up in India. So not oh. the middle East, but okay. Trent, it's cool that you don't care I about th- brown people. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Nolan designed Harvey Dent's scarred appearance in the film as one of the least disturbing, saying, quote, when we looked at less extreme versions of it, they were too real and more horrifying. When you look at a film like Pirates of the Caribbean, something like that, there's something about a very fanciful, very detailed visual effect that I think is more powerful and less repulsive. Framestore, the company behind digital effects for the film, created 120 computer-generated shots of Dent's visage. Nolan felt that using makeup would be unrealistic considering the fact that it would have to add to the face, whereas real burn victims have stuff subtracted from their face. That was a mathematical way to look at burn victims, Parth. Hit us with fun facts. In preparation for his role, Heath Ledger hid away in a motel room for about six weeks. While filming the chase scene with the Joker and the SWAT bands, one of the only four IMAX cameras in the world was destroyed. Cillian Murphy, a.k.a. Scarecrow, who was the first actor to reprise the role of a Batman villain in the whole film franchise. Speaking of Cillian Murphy, Nolan's next movie is about Oppenheimer with Cillian Murphy. Yeah. Yep, leading role. That's very exciting. Uh, the first... Oh, hard. This is such a baller fun fact. Um, the first four days of scheduled shooting resulted in no film being rolled, and so instead... Writer, producer, and director Christopher Nolan screened two movies per day for the cast and crew with a break in between. The eight movies were in order. Michael Mann's Heat, Cat People, Citizen Kane, King Kong, Batman Begins, Black Sunday, A Clockwork Orange, and Stalag 17. Uh, Two, I will note, is that Christopher Nolan says this is shot through the lens of Michael Mann's Heat, and that Heath Ledger said he took inspiration of the main character in A Clockwork Orange for his depiction. But Parth, taking the first four shoot days to show eight movies. It's kind of a baller move. Yeah, that is one way to put it. Shortly after this movie's DVD debut, Warner Brothers were under legal action by the city of Batman, Turkey, 
pronounced Butman in November 2008. Uh, the character of Reese is an allusion to the Riddler, who attempts to reveal the identity of Batman, much like Edward Nigma, whose name sounds like Enigma. Mr. Reese sounds like Mr. Reese. Never realized that. This was the combo movie with most Academy Award nominations, eight, until Todd Phillips's Joker with 11. And You think this uh, is funny? La- hmm? La- yeah. Last but not least, the o- this is the only Batman movie where Batman does not use a Batarang. Oh, another fun fact. Um, we didn't put this in the production history, but Matt Damon was almost going to mm. be Two-Face. Um, yes, it said it was a scheduling issue. It was a scheduling for a issue. Movie that seemed unimportant and that I'd never heard of. I mean, th- this movie. I mean, Matt Damon is not at all who I think of when I think Two Face, and I think Aaron <clears throat> Eckhart kind of does a pretty great job. But I think any movie with Matt Damon isn't worse, you know. Yeah, I, I like Matt Damon, but I do agree that Aaron Eckhart does a pretty great job. Trent, we have one last section to get through before we can mm-hmm. finally talk about this film. Do you want to start us off? I just talked for a while. Sure. I'm pretty tired. This is from Geo, November 24th, 2020. In the title, So Boring, Superficial Characters, Silly Story, Bad Acting, Cartoony, Unbelievable. It's a run-on sentence, Geo. Learn, learn about commas, my friend. How could any of this win any award? I mean, okay, Geo, what have you made? Luckily, it wasn't even nominated for Best Picture. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, let's put Geo on the spot. Like, what movie has he ever made? Or she. We don't know. But Geo, like... Or them. You really think, you really think you're in a position to, like, come on. He's one of the best. I also don't know what they mean by cartoony. Because if there's one thing... Like, I can understand maybe you, you don't like the movie. Maybe you don't care for the characters. But, like, it's definitely not cartoony. I understand that we're biased. But looking at the one-star reviews for this movie... Just, like, without a doubt, I was like, every person here is a fucking moron. Unless you're complaining about, you know, about the the Blu-ray disc being, like, snapped in half. Which was about half of them, because only 1% of the reviews are one star. But, um, this is kind of like Jurassic Park or Jaws, where I'm like, if you if you don't like this movie, like, like that's your What are you doing? Problem. Yeah, exactly. Um, alright, this next one is by Tammy. Wow. Um. Which will make sense when I read, when I read the review, and it says want a refund, and it says grandson is too young to watch, made a mistake, would like a refund. I feel like it's important in noting that this review was made January twenty first, twenty twenty one, and I feel like it's really well known that the Dark Knight is like for like an older audience, maybe like twelve, thirteen year olds up. So like, how how did you like? I feel like everybody knows about the Dark Knight. Like even grandmas know about the Dark Knight. Yeah, I remember when The Dark Knight came out, I guess we were seven, and my parents bought it on DVD, and it, like, sat in my basement for a long time, and I wanted to watch it, and they're like, Trent, we know you. You got really scared of Edward Scissorhands. This isn't a good idea. And so it sat on the shelf for years, and then I finally worked up the courage to watch it, and um, it scared the shit out of me. Fun fact, my mom told me I was not going to be allowed to watch The Dark Knight until I was 14. Oh! <gasps> Oh my god, imagine like how the trajectory of your life would have changed. But um, I was having a sleepover, and actually in the same night that I watched The Amazing Spider-Man... Um, okay, we, well that's a la- less uh, cornerstone of a movie. Less but. cornerstone, but then we went home, and then he was like, well I have The Dark Knight, do you want to ask your mom if you can see it? 
And I asked her and she was like, ugh, fine. Think about the point in your life where you're at your friend's house and you're like, all right, let me just call my mom real quick to ask if I can watch this movie or play this video game. It was a dark period. We'll put it that way. Continue. Well, what was your, your first experience? I really didn't understand what was happening because it was a shitty, like, like it was a, I think, not 100% legal DVD. Um, mm. And so the sound mix wasn't great. And so I didn't really understand the story, but I remember being like, that was pretty awesome. And then, and then like a month later or so, I was like, hey, dad, we should the blu-ray from the library and watch since, it since i've already watched it we might as well watch it in higher quality now on our big team and we, we had just bought a blu-ray player and then mm. uh we we got it you're really you're really showing your age right now with the invention of blu-ray hey now hey now but then we got the movie from we got the blu-ray from the library and um we got about 20 30 minutes in and then we got to the shot where it's like this aerial shot in Hong Kong where you see Batman or Bruce Wayne standing atop the rooftop. And then we had to pause it. And my dad went, I have to use the bathroom, but holy shit, this movie's crazy. Oh yeah, he's right. And he, and then he loved it. My dad loves it. And now we're talking about it 10 years later. Uh, so did your mom watch it when it came out and she was like, all right, no, she, you can't watch this till you're 14 or she just hear that it was pretty. Intense. She'd heard it was intense. And it's weird because my parents were not at all like, the censorship board? no not i mean i saw like the matrix i mean that's not as dark i guess but like the matrix was rated r and i saw that at like eight years old i saw terminator 3 in theaters when i was like three um yeah i saw lord of the rings part three when i was two in theaters I like like the, I feel like that's more your parents just going to see a movie for them and they're like, well, part's not going to remember. No, this. that He's was fucking baby. I, I mean, a quick aside about Lord of the Rings. Um, one time my parents had gotten like sick from the flu, like we'd all gotten the flu. And so we sat together and they were like, well, we never get pay-per-view. Let's just pay-per-view the first two Lord of the Rings movies. The third one's coming out soon. And let's just do that. And so we watched it and I stayed up and watched all of them. And then um, the third movie came out and then I was in daycare and my dad had a half day. So he went to my mom and was like, oh, well, he's in daycare. Why don't we go watch the movie? The third one. And the third movie is like three hours, 20 minutes, like the theatrical cut. Mm. And they go see it and they're like two, a few weeks later, they're talking about it. And um, I hear them and I'm like, wait, you saw the next one? Yeah. And without you. and I was not a kid prone to tantrums, but I threw apparently like one of the biggest tantrums I've ever had to the point where my parents were just like, "We've already seen the movie. Let's just get a ticket. He's probably going to either fall asleep or start crying or whatever, mm -hmm. and we'll leave." Either of which, yeah, will result in us leaving. I didn't. I saw the whole wow. fucking thing. Right, that's pretty legendary. So my main point being, my parents were and like Lord of the Rings for. Like, a little kid is pretty scary. So I don't know why my mom was so particular with that movie. But my mom has since seen it. And Christopher Nolan's not, like, her guy or anything. But she enjoys this movie. Yeah, it's like... For, like, years, I couldn't play Call of Duty or watch Family Guy or South Park. But I distinctly remember watching Terminator 2 <laughs> at a very young age. Because my mom was like, well, this movie's just fucking dope. It's so too good not to show. It, it's like, if it was an A-plus movie, I was allowed to... She would just cover my eyes whenever boobs or extreme violence came out sure 
All right, should I get this last one-star review out of the way? Yeah, no, this one's this one's a lot. This is from Lawrence Cable. Oh my god. Oh my god. What the hell? Yeah, this one is kind of just like disrespectful, but it was like too awe-inspiring to not put. <sighs> okay. I'm just going to restate that. Posthumous award for most forgettable performance in a truly unnecessary movie goes to Heath Ledger as the Joker. What we failed to realize was that the joke was on us. This is a script that should have ended up in the trash and not in th- on the screen. And as for Heath, well, it may seem unkind, but the only way you could win an award for this performance in this role in this movie would be posthumously. I was so bored by this, we just turned it off less than halfway through. Is that like nothing short of offensive? Like, A, I think that's not the thing you should be writing about uh, just writing mean things about uh dead people by and large is usually a red mean, flag. mean things that are not like like if the person turned out to be a huge asshole that's one thing but this is just like i didn't like your performance in the movie so like the only way that you won this award is because you're dead like i think that's no, if, off base if, if anyone on the internet wants to go after like mussolini or anything i think it's warranted but Heath Ledger, um like what did he kind do? of just like an He's kind of just an awesome actor. Like, that's what he did. And I, in, in the same way as River Phoenix, you're like, fuck, watching your movies is just so painful because, like, what your career... I mean, obviously, it's very sad, but uh, but it's sad as a viewer because, like, what their careers could have been. It's also just fucking... I, I finished... I watched this movie yesterday, or I finished it last night, and I remember, like, I came out and I was, like, so jazzed, and I went to my roommate's bedroom, and I was like... I don't think I've ever heard a criticism of the Dark Knight that I've like fully been like, I can understand that. I don't understand how someone could dislike this movie. I can understand someone maybe having problems with it, but I can't, I really can't wrap my head around the fact that somebody could watch this and be like, that's trash. Like, we'll get into this, but it's like the greatest superhero film of all time. It's, 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 it's one of the two. Yeah. What is it up against Spider-Man 2? It's been two two th- very different movies. I was just gonna say there it's kind of apples and oranges, but I think pound for pound, the Dark Knight is like more important. Um, fair enough. Parth, do we both want to quickly read our letterbox reviews for this film? Sure, I'll read my first to buy you some time. Mine was I have minor problems with this movie. Bullshit. Oh, also I guess I guess this is kind of giving away our ratings portion. Guys, at the what end, did you think this was gonna be? What did you think it was gonna be? I have minor problems with this movie, and I want to give it a 4.5 out of 5, but even with its issues, it's the best superhero film of all time, and so if this isn't 5 stars, what is? Let it also be taken into account that Trent and friend of the show Jackson and I were all hanging out, and we were, as we were watching Tenet, The Dark Knight Rises, and The Dark Knight, you were saying, uh, I have it at a 5 out of 5, but I kind of want to give it to, I want to lower it to a 4.5, and I like strongholded you into not doing that. You you gave me a look like I'd never received before. <laughs> like, your jaw plummeted towards the floor, and then I started to dig myself out, and I was like, ah, actually, and, like, you were still pissed off, and so <laughs> I knew I needed to put it in writing if I was gonna clear my name. Um, Alright, so here's mine. It's a feat when a movie can still excite you and make you emotional when you've seen it eight million times and have memorized every line and sound effect, and that's, like, pretty true. Like, that's not hyperbole. What do you think is the most realistic, educated guess on how many times you've watched this film all the way through? All the way through? <sighs> 150? I ca- like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I, like, I was obsessed I know, I know, with Christopher Nolan as a kid. I know past a certain point it becomes, like, inconceivable and hard the to The thing measure. is, like, I've I- definitely seen scenes from this movie, like, upwards of, like, 
400 times or something. It's funny that your childhood obsession was Christopher Nolan, which is a very mature filmmaker. And <clears throat> I would come home from preschool every day and I would watch the DVD of Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters <laughs> Unleashed. Hey now. And hey now. Uh, My favorite movie I, of all time guess... is Spider-Man 2. I'm not that mature. Yeah. Okay. Um, wait, I wanted to ask you before we got into this. Mm. Favorite shot in the movie? There's a few. There's, um, I think that one shot, I, are they all like aerial shots? I think they might this be. Movie does have a lot of well. A, I mean, shots. okay, I'll give you a few, if that's okay. Please. Okay, one is the Joker taking his mask off at the end of the bank heist. Yes, it's just a very it's a great image. One is um, th- in Hong Kong. There's the when they first show Hong Kong, and there's that skyscraper shot, and Batman's on the top. A, that's that's just because that's I remember my dad going, holy fuck, this movie's crazy in like such a good way. And that's always stuck with me. Then the third is when Ethan Orchard, you'll find Harvey Dent there when that line's happening and Batman, it's like very blue in the sky. It's this very ominous shot. Love it. And then the classic is Batman in the rubble. Uh, We were talking about this last night. Um, because believe it or not, we also talk about movies when we're in person. We're pretty insufferable. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's really annoying after a certain point. Um, my two favorites are, uh, Joker hanging his head out of the window after he <clears throat> uh, escapes from MCU, and oh, Commissioner I completely Gordon forgot saying, about that shot. Yeah, it's so beautiful. Also, Commissioner Gordon saying MCU all the time. I, Po- you know, after the inception of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is a little weird. It is funny that um, this and Iron Man came out in the same year. Yeah, I mean, it really set the landscape for what was going to come. Um, and then the other one that I only really started to appreciate recently is after Batman, like, catches the Joker at the end, and then it's the 180-degree flip yeah. of him hanging I remember you talking down. about that. Oh, yeah, that shot's really fucking good. Um, is it time? Do we do we talk about this movie? So I've been meaning to shout out uh, an, a podcast that I really like is the Rewatchables, and when they covered the Dark Knight, um, one of their their editor in chief, Sean Fennessy, who's a very smart. Oh, man, I know of that guy. He yes, uh, he's really good at talking about movies. Um, he talks about how he has a dream world where the movie ends on the shot of Joker's head hanging out the car, which is around the hour and 40 minute mark. So like, it's a complete movie theoretically. And then that the next movie picked up. And so basically that this was the empire strikes back where like it ends on a down note. And then rather than having the last hour of redemption, also a lot of our comments, or at least a lot of my comments have been derived from that podcast because they're, they talk about The Dark Knight more academically than personally I'm capable of. Um, but yeah, like give that give that show a listen. But that's also just a fun way to like you, look at cutting up the movie. Do you... Because it really changes the meaning. Do you agree? No. Okay. I mean, it it would be fun, but like it's incomplete. Like, I think it's a fun idea, but I don't think it's... It, it's not thought through enough. Yeah. And also, people complain about the last hour of the movie and i think that's where some of its problems lie but i can't envision this not as a complete 
you know, tapestry. Uh, why don't we? I, I, so Trent has made made allusions to problems he's had with the movie to me for the past few days, and I've I've kind of made him not tell me so that we could get get true conversation on pod. And I'm just I'm curious because I know you love this movie, but I'm I'm curious what your issues with it are. Do you want to start with what's Yeah, I was going to say, let's invert it. Let's go. Oh, oh, oh. An- another Christopher Nolan. Let's in- invert it. It's, it's yes, a Tenet um, reference, Trent. I got that. Um, okay, so I don't have too many complaints, but we can just go through them right now, and then we can just continue Explain sharing. Explain how, uh, how you're wrong. Yeah. Okay, number one is Batman's voice. Uh, I understand. I know it's a common complaint. And I understand that if you're Bruce Wayne and you're a billionaire and you're recognizable, you need to hide your identity. But he he does the Batman voice whenever he's in costume, even if he's with people who know his identity. Um, and also just the raspiness <clears throat> kind of pisses me off. Uh, I can I can deal with that complaint. That's fair. I I personally don't mind the voice. I don't know if it's because I've seen this movie as a child, so that's just part of the character to me. Um, it's never been a thing that's really bothered me. I don't mind that he uses the voice even when he's with people that know he's Batman, because to me, if he were to just start talking like Bruce Wayne, it would, he's not Batman then. Um, is is there any converse, interesting conversation to be held about Christian Bale not being the best Batman or is that blasphemy to you? It's not blas. I mean, everybody has their own feeling i think christian bale batman is the only batman that's had like a complete like a real story people love michael keaton but like those are kind of just tim burton gothic fairy tales they're not really interested in the character of batman or you know they're just like fun visuals not super character based which is fun but it's you know granted bale has the most full movies to his name sure I mean, but if if uh, dark knight I, rises did not come out he and michael Ke- keaton would have had the same would, amount and i think uh, batman begins and the dark knight are far more interesting character-based dissections of batman than batman and batman returns are be- because nothing interesting happens with bruce wayne really in any of the other renditions of batman he just like like you know, he he's just like a bachelor and he's really rich, you know? Like Michael Keaton, I know people like him because he's like, oh, he's crazy. But it's like, I don't know. He's, I never, I, I love the visual tone and everything in the Keaton movies, but it's never been my thing. I think Batman Forever gets a bad rap. And I think that's, the, that's with, that's with Kilmer. With Kilmer. And I think other than the Nolan movies and part of the Snyder movies, that's the only movie that ever tries to do something with his character and tries to address like the trauma that he's been through. George Clooney, we don't need to talk about that. Uh, no, and and it sucks because Joel Schumacher, rest in peace, gets such a bad rap because he did Batman and Robin, the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. with Mr. Freeze, which is a movie that is pretty bad. But it's not his but fault. He also did, but he also did Batman Forever, which is kind of a great like, movie. Like I think it's and fun. It, like, it has all of his style, but like it's a little more toned down and manageable. And then Affleck, I think, gives good performance. I think he's really good. He's well cast in the role, but I think he he's kind of screwed over by the writing portion. So I think Bale just has the overall best 
combination of everything. I think Pattinson could give him a run for his money, but I think yes, Bale will I, always I'm be super, mine. Super excited for that. Anyways, continue your list. Oh, well, just while we're here, want to quickly review uh, the unenviable task of playing the Joker after Heath Ledger, which they keep attempting. And it's kind of... And I read something yesterday that Barry Keegan is rumored to, in this new Batman universe, he's going to play the Joker again. And that's like four renditions of the Joker in like 10 years. I don't think it's going to happen. I, I, you, th- you think? I, I think that was kind of bullshit. They are still in the like they've not even started production on the next one, so I don't I don't see that happening. And I think I think if they're smart, they'll hold off on doing the Joker, um, yes. and adapt other Batman villains because as much as I love the Joker, like it's okay to do other Batman. Like Batman has probably the best villain Set of group. options. Yeah. Second only probably to Spider-Man, but Spider-Man's villains are all kind of like, I'm a thief, I'm a bank robber. They're not really like villains with like schemers, plans. Well, the I think the difference between the Batman villains and the Marvel villains is all the Marvel villains can like basically fly and all of the Batman villains are on the ground and they like aren't afraid to kill a kid, you know? Sure. Like that. that's the difference. But um, yeah, that's that's my take on like, I mean, doing the you can do the Joker. I mean, it's 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 always it's kind of like James Bond, these superhero villain roles, where it's like doing it again does not negate anything that came before it. Um, but I think it's okay if we move on from the past a little bit. I just think you know after both because Ledger's performance is perfect, you know, aside from his death, and then him dying and adding a level of real world drama to it that jared leto playing the joker in suicide squad like less than five years later is just straight up insulting and then joaquin obviously is a uh like he's a master class actor and i just i like him a lot but even him i'm surprised that he accepted the role when it's has been done so well so recently sure all right but let's get through these complaints yes uh the next one as i've made clear to you I just wrote Lau, and um, because he's MacGuffin for the movie, but my main thing is that when he's on the pile of money, the Joker burns him alive, and like up to this point, he's a very important like character in the movie, and he doesn't even get a reaction shot, and for years they watched this movie, and I was like, where the fuck did Lau go? Why don't we cut you up into little pieces and feed you to your pooches? Hmm? And then we'll see how loyal a hungry dog really is. It's not about money. It's about sending a message. Everything burns. Um, thoughts? I think that's such a non-complaint. I can't believe you put it on your list. Nah, I mean, like, I agree, but I don't, I wouldn't say that he was, like, a major, I mean, he he's there in, like, the first act or so, and then he, his usefulness story-wise is done by the point we yeah. get to, so I'm fine with it, and I think it's kind of, like, it's almost more scary that we don't get a shot of him going, ah, ah, getting burnt yeah, alive. I guess it, <laughs> okay, this next one, uh, you stated, has a level of legitimacy to it. Have I? Uh, Parth, you tried to play close to the chest. Okay, but yes. Too bad. Ugh, these are all these point. are all nitpicks. This this is not. 
I, I mean, when a movie is a 10 out of 10, you need to... It's, these, none of these yeah. things so far have been worth docking at 0.5 stars for, is all I'm saying. But, um, yes, basically, when Lucius Fox brings up to Bruce Wayne that he reassigned R&D to a government telecommunications project, and Bruce Wayne says, yes, Lucius, I'm playing this one pretty close to the chest. Then, when, um, after the SWAT team chase, or the truck chase, um and uh commissioner gordon saves harvey dent when he opens up the swat um car harvey dent says to gordon you do like to play things pretty close to the chest but the problem is that's not a line gordon said to harvey dent it's like it's like a yeah, callback that was between bruce wayne yeah, it, it, it's a it's probably it's a continuity error somewhere in the script where like, some line was changed. I, I'm shocked and, that that was not because he's such a planner, like Christopher Nolan, like a schemer. Like I'm shocked that that happened, and I don't know if that's a mistake or if he thinks that's funny that they like both say that or like I don't know. Yeah, or, or that if that that they think that it's a co- complete coincidence that both of them say that, and that's the joke. I guess I don't know. It's a strange thing. Sure. Little nitpick. Uh, Parth, watching or listening to you talk about the plotting of this movie is like watching Michael Jordan dribble a basketball. What do you mean? We're down to five. Jordan putting moves on Russell. We're down to two. Down to one. Here's Jordan. Yes! It is all over. The Chicago Bulls have won. It's just like watching you like in your natural habitat. You're just like so comfortable with with your surroundings. I, like I really should be, given how much I've seen this fucking movie. Yeah, I guess if you didn't know it, like inch for inch, like that would be concerning. Um, my next one concerns what you just brought up, and it's Gordon faking his death. Um, because that doesn't make sense. In what way? Because he fakes his death at the protecting the mayor. Um, the ma- the mayor. And then he's the driver of the SWAT bus. Well, I th- I they, think I think the and they went and they told Gordon's wife and kids that he had ca- that he was dead, like just for dramatic effects, so that the Joker would think he was dead, so he could sneak up on him. Sure, but I mean, I think the idea is that all these high level people are getting knocked off. The next one on the list would have been Gordon, so he uses like he is actually shot. Oh. So the whole idea is that. They have to play that for real, that he's dead, because the, he reveals that he's not dead when they capture the Joker, because they think, oh, then we've got him, and then it's done. So, like, it, like sure, you can get, like, I guess, like, people don't like fake deaths in movies, but I don't know. I, I think it makes um, sense this, from a story perspective. This one isn't Nolan's fault at all, but... um now it's Maggie Gyllenhaal playing Rachel Dawes, who I think is great. Mm-hmm. But in Batman Begins, it was a very it was Katie Holmes, mm-hmm. and that can be a little jarring because you're like, this person doesn't look anything like she did. Do you know week. why it's Maggie Gyllenhaal and not Katie Holmes? I mean, it says in the research that Katie Holmes was doing a Queen Latifah movie. Isn't that fucking insane? Oh, I was right. Yeah, no, it's it's literally she turned it down because she was like, oh, I kind of wanted to work with Queen Latifah. That sounds Could like you... Katie Holmes' agent's explanation of why she was left out of a very successful movie franchise. But, I mean, I think Maggie Gyllenhaal is a better Rachel. Like, I like her more. Yeah. Um, she's, she seems very real. Like, she could be friends with Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And he's not a very personable guy. 
Um, all right, my last one, and people like to get into the specifics of Joker's plan at the end, especially because he prides himself on not having a plan. Um, but but the boat. Mm-hmm. So they, as a kid, for whatever reason, I had convinced myself that if you twisted the thing or that if you use the detonator, it would explode your boat. Mm. But was it really? I, I thought it was a Rachel Harvey location switcheroo like the last time. And then I guess you never really find out. And then, and I guess I'm confused because it, with the information provided that if neither boat blows each other up by midnight, then he's going to blow both of them up. Then I wholeheartedly do not believe in the humanity of the citizen's boat to not blow the prisoners sky high. I understand that people think that it's, that's kind of a common complaint where it's like, well, people would simply would not not blow up the other boat. But I think that's the whole, that's kind of misunderstanding the point of the movie, which is, sure, maybe realistically, in that real scenario, people would let fear get the best of them. But the whole point of the movie is that people kind of say that um, Joker is chaos and Batman is order, and that's why they are opposites. And I kind of, at least in The Dark Knight, I kind of don't think that that's the case. Batman is like idealistic. He believes that there is something better that they can all achieve. And because of Batman's presence in Gotham, the opposite of that is Joker, who believes it's all fucked. All I have to do is get people to act. People will act crazy, basically. And people just they they just need a little. And he's and he believes that everybody is as bad as him essentially that they all don't care one bad day but the movie ultimately is about how it's kind of a contradictory movie where you people need hope but people can make the right choice basically is 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 the point i think of the movie which is that it's it's not a, a the right decision is not to just let things happen and let the world burn and so I th- I really like the scene at the boat because I think that it is the one point in the movie where Joker, where Joker loses. Um, because throughout the movie, he's been successful in showing the darker parts of humanity. And this is the one part where humanity kind of fights back and is like, I am not willing to destroy this part of myself just because of this game that's been put upon me part of it that's confusing just from like a fundamental standpoint is you know like the trolley (laughs) experiment yeah is that in this scenario it's if you do nothing more people get hurt and if you do something half the people get hurt and so it's a weird inversion of like responsibility yeah i suppose so but i mean I, i think that's what makes it an interesting conundrum that pe- because he's constantly putting pe- people in the place of um hurting more or more like there he always presents them with a no good choice option so i, I don't know I, it doesn't it's definitely way more idealistic i don't know that people in real life would react that way and given the events of the last four years or so i really don't think people would act that way um but I mean, it kind of does what, I mean, it is still a superhero movie, and I kind of do appreciate that it is like, oh, people can be good, um, and I, I appreciate that. 
so how do we uh how do we navigate into what's working because it's like everything else that's even capable of working is working at full capacity yeah i mean i guess like 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 where do we where to where to start i mean i think it's a tight fucking script like wait how about we start at the beginning because uh not only is this one of the best opening scenes of all time just as in terms of an opening shot that makes you like want to sit down and stop scrolling through the channels this is fucking it sure yeah even in relation to like heat which has have you seen heat i i recommended heat to you Yes. Um, so there's first there's the opening credits, which are kind of slow, and then it gets into the opening heist, and that's very gripping. But first you have the four minutes of kind of twiddling your thumbs. And this movie, there's no fucking credits within the first five seconds. You're there. Sure. I mean, I, I, don't, I think Heat is more of like a tonal uh, thing that it's yes. trying to copy, more, less so than the actual movie, but uh, and kind of like a look. Don't waste my motherfucking time! Uh, especially with all the blues that this movie has. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like this movie is the one complaint I can maybe see somebody having is that this movie is very exhausting. That's part of what I like about it is that it's like, go, 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 go kind of constantly. It, it very rarely gives you a moment to sort of breathe. Um, I mean, with the dialogue scenes with like Rachel or Michael Caine or Lucius, I feel like you're kind of chilling. Yeah, no, definitely. But they're they're still like filled with character or exposition or, you know, it's always doing something. It's never kind of just like chilling, which I appreciate. I always like when a movie has a tight script like that. More than like the tightness. I just think like this movie has like, but has more quotes that have found its way into like everyday vernacular. Than well, like our any ver- everyday movie. vernacular, or maybe it's just like teen boys on Twitter, but people saying, you know, some men just want to watch the world burn, or you either die a hero, live yourself long enough, or blah blah blah, live long enough to see yourself become a villain. Not the hero we or, deserve, but the one we needed. Yeah, why so serious? It's just like, come on, it's every word that comes out of the Joker's mouth. Sure, but I mean, like, I th- like even beyond because the thing is, the movie has such a big reputation that. A lot of movies sometimes crumble from that, and I watched this movie last night, and obviously I'm very biased. This is a movie I've loved since I was a kid. You know, I'm a superhero fan. I'm a big Batman fan. It's like, it's obviously catering to me in multiple different ways beyond being a movie. That being said, I think that the movie doesn't get credit for, like, how fun it is. Like, it, it's a really, like, engaging and, like, fun action movie. You know what I mean? I think this movie, or at least the Nolan trilogy, has become known as, like, the dark superhero movies. And this movie's really the, fucking funny. Yeah, I think the problem with Batman Begins and maybe The Dark Knight Rises is that there isn't enough fun involved. But the balance of serious and fun, largely propagated by Heath Ledger's Joker, is perfect. I, I would kind of disagree that the humor is a problem in... Well, you haven't even seen Batman Begins. No, but I mean, like, I think that, like, the whole thing of, like, oh, Batman's fucking dark in this. And it's, like, there's definitely dark things that happen in this movie, but it's not like this movie is without a sense of humor. Pretty pretty often, people are quipping at each other. No, it's, like, the lows are a lot lower in this than they're capable of being, like, Spider-Man. Sure. But I guess the highs aren't as high, but like, it's just like the spectrum is a few notches down. And it's got like 
a lot of good dry humor, and especially with the Joker. I mean, I, th- I like I was kind of joking, but you are right that the Joker brings a lot of the dark humor. I mean, like I I kind of chuckle internally every single time that laughter is the best medicine and slaughter is the best medicine when he opens the truck during the chase. Right. It's it's like it's just funny. How about a magic trick? I'm gonna make this pencil disappear. It's, it's gone. Like, there's little gags that are always just, like, very funny to me. You want to know, like, one of my favorite small ledger moments? Please. And you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. It's when he's, like... Wait, how about we do this? You give me the least amount of information, and I see if I can guess the scene. Yeah, it's the Joker saying one word, and it's him saying, yeah. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's 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 the scene where he goes to all the mob bosses yes. and he says, "Hey, I want half. You think you could come here and steal half, steal from us?" Yeah. And well, <laughs> because he opens his jacket and he has the whole string of grenades and it's just the quickest little reaction shot and it's him about to like blow up everyone. Oh, it's such a perfect line reading. Enough from the clown. Let's not blow this out. You think you can steal from us and just walk away? Yeah. I'm putting the word out. 500 grand for this clown dead. A million alive. So I can teach him some manners first. All right, so listen. Why don't you give me a call when you want to start taking things a little more seriously? Here's my card. Uh, maybe I'll include a clip. Please do. Yes. Um, do, do, you, I- do you have a little small moment you want to share? Hmm... Um, I, I mean, it's not a Joker moment, but I've always found it funny when, uh, he goes to Hong Kong and he has beaten up all of Lao's security guards and he's just dragging Lao by his one foot. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So something, can you add that? Can you add that? Sure. Something small I noticed for the first time the other day is that Batman absolutely throws a Rottweiler off the building. Well, he throws fu- several. He throws several. Really? Yeah. Well, first, first, there's the one that comes up to him, and yeah. I, I, again, another fun thing. Everybody always says that that Christopher Nolan always grounds it too far, but it's like he has Joker with the crowbar. He has like the hyenas, kind of with the dogs. I don't know, like. He he still has like the comic imagery, but anyways, one of the dogs comes and Batman just immediately hits it and it goes off the roof, yeah, or, or off the building. Then he has a tussle with the other dogs and he throws them off too. Like that's how he beats the dogs. Yeah, um, Parth. What I was thinking about well uh, uh, during the fun facts, uh, there several of them were talking about how the Batman costume was reinvented, like for the actual necessity of christian bale wanting to move around faster and like turn his neck and sure. stuff made me think about our pierre bohanna interview oh my god oh my god we talk well, yeah you go listen to that our edge of tomorrow interview we talk with the guy that made the bat suit yes and he talks about this exact predicament i th- i mean uh, while we're on that topic i think the action in this movie is like so good F- favorite action scene <laughs> that 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 Pruitt building 
sequence is pretty fucking cool. I I think for but me, the, but the but the truck chase is also I was, like, I was just it's between say, that and that. I today it I it hit me especially hard. But the truck flipping and then the bat pod doing like a one eighty degree turn off the building, and then the, that's pretty cool. And then the Joker stumbling out with the gun, um, and then another small moment. I mean, this one has become pretty internet famous. But is the Joker after he leaves the hospital with the explosion button, and then he keeps the scene going, and like that, I'm just so grateful that was eternalized forever. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't even know where to begin with it. Like this movie is, it's just the sheer enormity of it. You know what I mean? It's like everything's good. The performances are good, but everybody said that. The writing's good, but everybody said that. So uh, something small I will say is that. Uh, they'd never done an origin story for Two Face before, and it like should be stupid. And especially what should be stupid is how he gets half his face burned off. But this is a really. Good I feel like they found a way. Or, or like his fiance Rachel dying simultaneously, and her dying like mid sentence is. Such I remember a, that death shocking me when such, I saw it the first time. It's such a way to add weight to his character that should be stupid, and like the Joker should be stupid too. Yes. I mean, like, I've heard the the one complaint I've heard is that Two-Face should have been saved for a third movie. But I've kind of always disagreed with that complaint because... What, that he should survive and then he should be the villain of Dark Knight Rises? Yes. I don't agree with that. Because the thing is, his whole it's, arc it's the, is the movie. It's the rise you know of I mean? Harvey Dent. Like, that is the movie. Yes, I agree. And so to take that out is to misunderstand the whole point of the movie <laughs> you know what i mean um and that's another thing i appreciate is that this very much feel i mean it's obviously a continuation of batman begins and then it gets continued on into the dark knight rises but it very much feels like its own batman story um, oh uh, a fun fact that i think was scrapped in the edit <clears throat> is that cillian murphy as scarecrow was the first um super villain to crop up in two different Batman films because the standard arc is to be dead by the end. I I we brought it up, but I, I'm glad. I always enjoy him because it's fun that it's like he's the one continuing thing between the three movies that he's always like out there lurking, doing some weird shit. Yeah, and, and Dark and Knight ha- Rises, he's like a judge. Well, how he plays a small role in this and an equally small role in the next one is like so perfect. Yeah, Wait, it's and it's it helps thing. to make the world feel bigger. I was just gonna say it's the thing of like, okay, actually, the uh, criminals from Arkham are literally escaping every few years, and yeah, we, uh, you want to hear my last complaint? It's a it, it's another common one because this movie has been thoroughly picked apart. It's like trying to talk about two thousand one or The Shining at this point, but um, the phone stuff. I just wrote that down, as in the blue screens and the way to find the Joker in the end. It just it just madness. Ugh. Who gives a fuck? It's it, I think it's cool. Like I a I think they give him a, a give a cool reason for Batman to have like the blue thing. I don't know. It's different. Uh, you're talking about the sonar stuff. Sonar stuff at yeah, the end, right? Cor- correct. Well, I think it's cool. I mean, I can understand maybe being like visually, it's like different, but like the whole thing of escalation is the point of the movie, and it's always been weird because this movie is the the Dark Knight trilogy has sometimes been discussed as being like a fascist trilogy where like they advocate for fascism and i would argue that throughout the dark knight the good guys and the bad guys 
use inc- uh, increasingly fascistic methods to try to win, and then they lose. Like 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 the good guys lose at the end. You know, like they they defeat the Joker, but in order for peace to be preserved or whatever they have to lie and say batman killed all these people so it's like ultimately using these increased uh methods of protection don't actually get you anywhere and all it leads to is more carnage sorry (laughs) i i I think a, a good note to end on um even though obviously we've been dancing around this point the whole time is just like uh, any Joker scene. It's just like watching yeah. it. Like, I think he's the super villain, probably with the most screen time. Um, because how like ever like of any like super villain quote origin story, like usually because that's not even what this isn't an origin story. What well, I know, but like, but, I, but, I, I, but, but that's not even true because he's only in this movie for, I think like 28 minutes or something. Really? Yeah. It's just... He's just spread out throughout the movie. And it's, like, paced so well, and I guess he just has such impact every every yeah. time he's on screen. His, his presence is always felt. Yeah, I've heard his performance described as just, like, a house on fire, and, like, there's no other way to put it. Like, yeah. I, I was talking to Jackson about it, and I was like, when I look at his face, like, as a kid, I knew <clears throat> who Heath Ledger was. I knew what he looked like, and when I look at the Joker, you don't see him at all. And even to this no. day, you still really have to focus to see... So the one time you can is when his makeup is off, and even then... He looks different. He looks different. <laughs> and it's just, like, the best evolution of a character, like, in my lifetime so far. Yeah. I guess that is a good place to... Should we start off the... Oh, the rating squalid. Insert sound effect here. Oh, the fallout! My skin! It's burning! Um, so this this section's gonna go by pretty quick. Hey Trent, would you recommend this movie? Yes. Would you rewatch this movie? Yes, I uh, watched this movie. It's probably in my top four most rewatched movies, along with. Seven, The Social Network, and Jurassic Park, and Zodiac. I guess those are my big five. And um, it's the first scene thing for me. It's that, even like Jurassic Park, which is a movie I love. The first scene is like a little slow. Not slow, but it just isn't as immediate the satisfaction as this. And so I'll skip like somewhere into the first 15 minutes. And this, I can't imagine ever skipping over, you know, into... You don't have to skip into the meat and potatoes, you know? Yeah. And uh, 10 out of 10. First time I've ever done on the show. It's true. It took took 68 episodes, ladies and gentlemen. But here we are. This is a perfect movie. That's true. It is our 68th episode. I forgot. Oh. Um, Numbers. uh, numbers, Numbers continue past 68. I'm afraid there's a number after 68. Hmm. Really? Is there? Is it 70? Or is there one in between? I've got some bad news for you. This movie is obviously I'd recommend it. I rewatched this as one of my most rewatched movies of all time. Ten out of ten, easy, like, <laughs> like, like without a question, without a doubt. Part, no this question. is literally just you shooting free throws right now. We inbound the card right to Jordan. Time winding down. Michael for three. Yeah, 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 yes, yes, yes. 
know what to say about this movie. I don't know. This is like an intimidating movie to talk about. I have no words. It's it's it is to me. It is that good. Uh huh. It, it has rendered you speechless. Yeah, and 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 for any of you that know me in real life, I am not easily speechless. I can always talk more. Parth, for years, I watched this movie and knew who Gary Oldman was. And only within the past two years, I was like, oh, shit. Commissioner Gordon is Gary Oldman. Yeah. And, like... He's, like, he sinks into that fucking role. I'm looking at the cast list right now, and Gary Oldman and Morgan Freeman are the last two out of eight. And if Morgan Freeman and Gary Oldman are in the bottom of your cast list, you're in pretty good shape. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right. I mean, I guess that was it. Do we want to say what our next episode is? I guess so. It's hard to, this was like nothing short of like a triumph. Like I'm like emotionally kind of exhausted. Aren't you? I don't, I I am. Don't you feel like our whole lives have been building towards this moment? I cannot wait to hear the finished version with all the clips in it. Like, I can't think of like another like foundational movie that would be as important of a crossover of our Venn diagrams than this one, you know? Yeah. It, it, it's like this and Spider-Man were, were both a, a lot of just childhood trauma coming out. No more dead cops! <laughs> he should turn himself in! I'm the Batman. <laughs> <laughs> so be it. Take the Batman into custody. What? What? I am the Batman. <laughs> Wait, part Harvey, of- you can't do this. It's too dangerous. People are counting on you to clean up the city and to do it safe and honorably. Then he kisses her. I make my own luck. <laughs> Parth, do you want to explain your tenant walk and what it and what it did to me? Sure. Uh, we were shooting my advanced directing thesis, and during a break in between shots, I started walking up towards Trent, and <laughs> well, then first, went. Well, first, you said tenant walk. Well, first, well, I said Trent. Do you want to see my tenant walk? And, and I said yes, sure. And so I start walking up kind of like deliberately yes. towards Trent and then I reach a point when I get real close to him and I say tenant and then I start working I start walking backwards as though I'm inverted and uh Trent like I want to say lost it like lost physical control of his body from how hard he was laughing so if you ever see me ask me to do my tenant walk maybe it'll make you laugh so our next episode is like also kind this is of- all you Oh, I guess my next episode. I never thought I'd say that. Part, this is like the Richie Cohan episode all over again. Remember yeah, it's, that? It's an inverse now. When you were... Uh, this is a reference to our John Wick 2 episode where due to a scheduling error, Trent was unable to make it. And so Part had to conduct an interview alone. And so I guess this is his revenge for that? Yeah. Well, you wanted to do this. Don't put this on to me. Yes, I, I wanted to do this. This was an idea I had when I had the COVID-19 and I wasn't allowed to leave my room for two weeks. I thought the world seems pretty dim right now. I might as well just watch all the Muppet movies. And then that led to me thinking I should do a solo pod where I rank all of the Muppet movies. And a new Muppet movie, Muppets Haunted Mansion, just came out that I haven't watched yet. And so I thought, I'll watch that, and then I'll do a solo pod where I rank all of them. So, Part, what are your thoughts? Muppet solo pod, next week, 69th episode? 69th episode, um, the Muppets don't have a whole lot to do with oral sex. Um, neither does the show, frankly. But we just thought it was fitting as sort of 
a yeah a, a joke episode you know podcasts are not meant to be solo and so this was me playing with myself quite literally speaking of that when do we talk about solo a star wars story our favorite star wars film parth you are um walking well, like, you, wait so solo a star wars story that's a prequel is that not i was just gonna say you're walking on uh, on thin ice to revealing uh the you know we have a winter, a winter special coming your way. I think, I think maybe you should, we should, I, we, should we should wait. I guess at the end of episode 69, I'll be at liberty to announce it. You will be. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, thanks for coming this far. Um, and if you've been listening to the show for a while, thanks. If this is your first time, thanks. Um, Let- Let's just say you're not the listeners we deserve, but you're the ones we needed right now. Yes. You know? Um, so follow us on Instagram, Craft Services Podcast. Uh, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, scroll down, give us a little five-star review. Um, you can Everything, rec- you every can, review does help. You can tell your friends about us because <clears throat> your peers probably like movies because we all consume media. And... Um, yeah, you can listen to us talk about it whenever you're like driving or doing the laundry or cutting the grass. All right. Well, see, well, you'll see me in two weeks. I'm not. I'm. I'm not on next week's episode, am I? Yeah, Parth gets a week off for editing and for talking. It's true. Yep. Okay. Say goodbye to Parth, everyone. Oh wait. All right, Bye, guys. That's a wrap on Parth. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right. Um. Part just do a do a band impression and take us out, because now if we were, that's what's or, next. That's what's I, next. I was just gonna say, because now our, the next big milestone could be doing Dark Knight Rises, which would be just as fun for different reasons. Do we have to do Batman Begins at some point? You've never seen it. Yeah, I feel like we should at some point. I'm certainly not opposed. We kind of have nothing but time. If you haven't realized. All right. Well. Yeah. Uh, all right. Officially goodbye now. Let's just, with this episode, somebody asked me, have we started the fire? Yes, the fire rises. <laughs> bubble, bubble, bubble. Have we started the fire? Yes, the fire rises. And we're out.